Hey, this is Megan and Stacy. Welcome back to What We're Cooking and Eating Now. In this series, we share three meals we've recently fed our own families. We share recipe links to all of the recipes that we mention in a document that lives in our free listeners board. So if you want, you can join there if you're not already a member, and then you can find the document and you can turn these six ideas into a meal plan for next week, or you can find other meal ideas by going through our weekly meal plan thread. So much inspiration in our community. Yes. And when you find that pinned post at the top of the boards, you can look back on this whole year's what we're cooking and eating now's ideas too. So if nothing in the meal planning thread, nothing in this episode works for you, there are more ideas there. You can join our free listeners boards by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. So many recipes, so many recipes. You kind of teased me because we were chatting before recording and you were like, oh, I've had two really yummy meals this week. So what's cooking? Good luck. I did. I did. But actually, we do these every other week. So you're going to have to wait till the next one we're cooking and eating now for those. (laughs) (laughs) I have... A couple of other ones that I'm going to share with you that my kids were very excited about. Okay. I have three major wins. What? Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. It's That's crazy. like unheard of. I know. This is it. This is the deal. <laughs> this is why. Okay. Number one, crispy chorizo and potato tacos. So I found a recipe on cooking New York Times, New York Times cooking app. It's like cooking.newyorktimes. So I always yeah. like reverse how I'm supposed to call it. Anyway, it was for crispy potato tacos. I added the chorizo because if you've been listening for a while, you know that my kids are like, where's the meat? So I took hard Spanish style chorizo, not fresh Mexican style, and I just cubed it and I fried it. And then I added that to the potato mixture in the recipe. And that was the only adjustment. And it was great. I will tell you that it does look like it's a quick, easy meal. And I think it is. But this is the kind of recipe that I would say writers mean different things when they say quick and easy. Let's pull the curtain back a little bit, right? There are the quick and easy meals that are like 20 minutes to put together. And then there's the quick and easy meals that realistically end up taking more like 40 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you following, right? I know exactly what you mean. And like 40 is still, sometimes if it's not 40 minutes of cooking time, like from start to finish, it takes 40 minutes. It's just a little over a half hour. And if it's not that much prep or not that many ingredients, a food writer might still call that a quick and easy meal. And I think that this recipe falls into that category. So I spotted that right away when I put it on my meal plan. So something that I did was that when I was cooking on Sunday, I did not employ cook once, eat twice, because I only cooked enough potato for these tacos. I didn't, you know, I I didn't use potato in another way on my meal plan that week, but 
I was cooking something else that was going to take a little while. It was a Sunday. It was some more leisurely cooking. And I decided to cook the potatoes then. So I cooked the potatoes. I mashed them up with the seasoning. And then I put them in the fridge. So when it was time to cook the crispy tacos, all I did was fry up the chorizo, fold it into the potato mixture, and then assemble and fry the tacos. But, you know, potatoes can take a little bit to cook. For sure. Then you're also frying tacos, which I have – you're doing a shallow fry. You guys, we recently did an episode on how to frying. fry. And yeah, it's it's so good. It's so fun. And we talk about the difference between shallow frying and deep frying and just pan frying. So this was a shallow fry, and I could fit about three tacos at a time into my high-sided pan that I was using. Which size still, is it? Is it like a 10-inch or a 12-inch? It's a 12-inch. Okay. But I just wanted there to be room. Yeah. And, you know, so that things didn't get too crowded because that actually slows the frying process down. So I was frying three potatoes at a time and I was cooking for three of us. So that was three batches of frying and a little bit of splatter. So, you know... This is what I mean about the 20-minute versus 40-minute recipe. Like even just taking cleanup into account, it felt like a little messier than a weeknight meal. And then that's just the taco itself. If you're going to make a side and everything like that. Yeah, even like microwaving corn. But I one, I think that's a really great warning. But two, it was so good. So it ended up kind of being worth putting some prep behind it and then a the little bit so of cleanup. Good. Okay. I thought it was so good. My kids loved it. I served it with just avocado. It was pretty filling. And then just like literally greens with a simple dressing. It was a winner. I We all really liked it. Oh, and I used store-bought salsa. The recipe does include ingredients and steps to make a very quick salsa, which I bet would be delicious. And if you were cooking the potatoes in real time, that would be a way to keep yourself busy and double up. So that doesn't add too much. I just used store-bought. Yes, we love that. We love a shortcut. Okay, what else? Also from the New York Times cooking app, Mongolian beef. Major, major winner. I added broccoli to it. The way that I added broccoli was that I got steam in bag broccoli that was already washed and prepped. I steamed it in my microwave under time so that it wasn't fully cooked through, just softened. And then I added it to the pan at the last minute so that it had about, you know, three to five minutes to stir fry and soften up a little bit more. And that was it. I served it with rice. And, you know, you've got beef, you've got broccoli, you've got rice. It was a winner. My kids loved it. It sounds a little beef and broccoli-esque. Was it? Or how does the Mongolian flavor profile like differ from beef and broccoli? Well, I I actually think Mongolian beef tastes a lot like beef and broccoli. Okay. That's good to I know. Mean, I mean, have you had have you had it? Like even in a restaurant, I feel like they taste the same. Do you agree or am I crazy? No. <laughs> I mean, you're crazy, but that's another story. <laughs> no, I think they're sa- the same. Sometimes it's just like articulating for maybe people who haven't and they want to try it or like their family loves beef and broccoli and they're like, "Ooh, this sounds like a nice alternative." It's very beef and broccoli, guys. Cool. It's so, you know, you're using soy sauce, sesame oil, a little bit of light brown or dark brown sugar, mirin, but a very small amount. Mirin wouldn't typically be called for in beef and broccoli. And then ginger and garlic. Also some red chilies, which I happen to have on hand. So I put a bunch in like a whole, I use chili de arbol, 
which is uh, a good substitute for like Chinese style dried red chilies. I put in a little too much. It was, <laughs> it was a little spicy. It was good. Um, but that's it. And then like you might use some white pepper. But I like also some beef and broccoli recipes I found. I like call for dark soy sauce and regular soy sauce. I loved that this gave me great takeout flavor with just those ingredients. Yeah, super minimal that, ingredients. Yeah, in that, that you pull. Oh, and then actually, okay, I'm lying a little bit because it did call for um, Shaoxing wine. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Please forgive me if I've butchered that pronunciation. But dry sherry is like a great, great, you know, sometimes substitutes are like, yeah, that's good. It'll do the job. Dry sherry is really a great substitute for that, but I happen to have it on hand. It's one of my favorite ingredients that I feel helps make my uh, homemade Chinese food taste more like Chinese food from restaurants, like restaurant quality. So you can easily buy that on Amazon. Maybe I'll put a link for it in That'd be great. the yeah. What We're Eating Now document. But if you have dry sherry, you'll achieve the same thing. Cool. Okay. What other recipe was a win? Three winners in a week. Wow. Three winners. I was, uh, I had COVID recently. Mm-hmm. And as I came out of COVID, I, wa- I wasn't very sick, but I was really exhausted. Okay. I think this is a trend. I feel like I'm seeing pastina everywhere, yeah. Yeah. right? Like everybody's suddenly making pastina, which I think is just hilarious because it's such a like, classic old school Italian grandma dish, but it seems to be trending. And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't made pastina in so long. And actually my supermarket doesn't carry pastina. Sometimes I even find it hard to find orzo in my supermarket. Anyway, I actually, while I had COVID and was isolating, ordered pastina on Amazon, hashtag influenced. (laughs) So then I had all this pastina And I just made it old school. I cooked it in broth. I finished with butter and Parmesan. Some people finished their pastina with an egg too, a whipped egg. And then on the side, I made just classic escarole and white beans. I don't have recipes for either. I just made this. My kids love escarole, which I think is so funny. And I do too. It's one of my favorite greens. So I basically just wash the escarole. I saute a whole bunch of garlic, sometimes onion. When I'm lazy, I skip the onion. And then I saute the escarole. I add drained and rinsed white or cannellini or lima or butter beans, any kind of bean like that. I know those those actually have different profiles, but like that sort of category of nice creamy white bean. Add it. And then add a little bit of chicken broth. Sometimes I'll mash the like some of the beans up just a little bit to mix with the broth so that it gets a little bit thick. Uh, sometimes I don't. And add healthy glugs of olive oil at the end and maybe a little bit of lemon juice or lemon zest. And that's it. Yum. Okay. You said you don't have recipes for either of these, but I was going to mention that Grossi Pelosi, Dan Pelosi, who we love, and he does do a lot of those like classic Italian grandma dishes. He has a recipe for pastina on Cup of Joe. And if you've never had it before, this is maybe like the layman's way to describe it. But 
it's sort of risotto-ish in a way, like, but a little more brothy. I don't make it brothy. Okay. At all. It's like a bowl of tiny little pasta. Yeah. Like it that sticks together. It's more like orzo risotto is how I would call okay. it. Okay. That's a good way. It's to not, use. I, I mean, I don't know. The traditional version that I've always had is not brothy and I don't make my brothy either. Yeah. The pastina will soak up the cooking liquid. I'm looking at Grossi Pelosi's uh, recipe. He does call for eggs. Like I said, that is very common, but you can skip the eggs as well if you feel like it or you don't want it. Yes. It's just like a bowl of creamy, tiny, tiny pasta. It's also like a nice texture thing. It is. And it's very like comfort food. So it makes sense that like post-COVID you were like, I totally need this soothing comfort it's food. It's very simple. Pastina is something I used to make all the time when my kids were little. It's a great, great, great first food dish. So if you're feeding a beginner eater, if you're feeding toddlers, um, little kids, it's really great. And then you can also start to riff. When my kids were really little, like sometimes I would take leftover roasted vegetables and puree them into the broth or just like heat broth and throw in carrots and celery and then puree that and then use that to cook the pastina. Um, and then you would have like vegetables incorporated into it. You can great vegetables and put it into the pastina too. Again, carrots is nice because it makes it nice and sweet. Squash is something that you could put into pastina because it'll kind of melt into the texture of it. Amazing. I'm so glad you mentioned it because I have been seeing it everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's like it's so it's so funny how these things take hold. And then you have to wonder, like, is it really a trend or does it just feel like a trend for me? Because this one pastina recipe came up. I gave it attention, and now the algorithm is giving me every single pastina recipe that was ever posted on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? That and I'm like, oh my true. god, yeah, like everybody's cooking pastina, and it's like, no, fifty people cooked pastina over the course of the last three years, and I have just seen every single one of them. <laughs> yes, there there is a little bit of that because I felt like I saw it a lot in the fall, and I wonder if it's just like still a little cyclical, like. Mm -hmm. It's still cold weather. People are still getting like cold and flu. And so we're seeing it again. So funny. So major, major wins. I'm really excited about it. Stacy, do you ever think about the emotional nourishment you are giving your family? Um, it sounds like I should. Kids and parents need to learn to manage big feelings. And I've learned so much from the podcast Fluster Clucks. Fluster what? Fluster Clucks. It's this really funny podcast from anxiety expert Lynn Lyons and her sister-in-law Robin, helping families manage anxiety and other tough feelings. It's just as helpful for adults as it is for kids. Like how we talk about easy meals and snacks, Fluster Clucks gives tips to improve the family's connection and emotional literacy. Oh, it sounds really cool. But I have a question. Is it full of psychobabble? No, totally the opposite. Robin and Lynn talk about this stuff with humor and real language. Their tagline is even serious stuff without being too serious. I love that each episode offers tips for kids, teens, and adults about managing anxiety, anger, disappointment, you name it. Teach your kids to manage their worry and other tough feelings, and don't be surprised when you learn something too. Subscribe to Fluster Clucks wherever you're listening now. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is brought to you by Monocora Honey. 
Manakura makes manuka honey, a single-origin honey that comes from New Zealand, where the bees only feed on the nectar of the manuka tea tree, making honey that is pure, rich, and complex with a creamier texture that's unlike anything you've had before. And that's coming from our resident Greek girl who's obsessed with honey. It's true. I grew up with a yaya, which is what we call our grandmas, who taught me that quality honey is a superfood. And it doesn't get more super than manuka honey, which is rich in antioxidants and prebiotics, three times more compared to regular honey. It also contains an antibacterial compound called MGO that can be found exclusively in manuka honey. These nutrients are said to support your optimal immune and digestive health. But most importantly, Manukura is delicious. Their best-selling MGO 850-plus Manuka honey has a creamy caramel texture that melts in your mouth. I must admit that I eat it by the spoonful, but you can use it any way that you use other honey, from baking to drizzling on oatmeal or spreading on toast to stirring into your tea. If you head to monocora.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MGO 850 plus Manuka honey, a guidebook, a free wooden spoon, and a free travel pack of honey sticks, which are a perfect on-the-go energy boost, especially during cold season. That's monocora, M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y to get $25 off your starter kit. Indulge and try some Honey with Superpowers from Manukura. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, what have you been eating in your house? Okay. Also, so many good things. I don't know if I would be like, oh, everything was a win. But maybe as I get into it, I will feel like they were. I can't remember now if you mentioned this in a what we're cooking and eating now or when we were recording our meal plan for everyone audio course, which BTW, 
is now open and for sale at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash meal planning for everyone. But you were like, oh, burgers are one of my family's like dinner wins. We do burgers all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, Ella, my 12 year old, loves a burger. So I ended up trying out New York Times Cooking's recipe for smash burgers to see if that would like (laughs) fulfill her Five Guys cravings, which is never ending. She always wants Five Guys. And they were really good. The recipe calls for like coarse ground beef if you can get it. So I did a like slightly weird thing, which is I just bought the chili grind of sirloin beef at my local grocery store instead of like asking the butcher to grind something for me. And I do have to say it made a difference in the burger being more like a Five Guys burger with like a little bit of crumble to it. Not a lot, but just like bigger pieces and a little bit more crispy surface area for it. And that I just did with oven fries, like Yukon gold potatoes I cut into wedges and tossed with some seasonings and salt and olive oil and roasted in the oven. That was a win. Nice. It sounds delish. My nine-year-old loved it. My husband loved it. So win there. And then this is like a funny thing. Okay. Because you were talking about the potato and chorizo tacos. I've recently been making quesadillas like probably once a week for our family. And not like I sometimes think of quesadillas as one of those like back pocket meals where oh, we just need something super quick and we're just going to either do like tortilla and cheese or we're using up leftovers in some capacity. But being a little bit more intentional and being like, oh, we're going to have beef quesadillas or chicken quesadillas or black bean quesadillas has actually made them feel more substantial and more like a meal. But it did bubble up a question for me because this beef quesadilla recipe that I'm going to share, which is from Simple Home Edits, which I've been really into her content and her recipes this month, if you've been listening to what we're cooking and eating now, is like you cook the beef like you would talk like for crispy beef tacos, but then you pull it off into a bowl and then you like basically fry the tortilla with the cheese and put the beef in the middle. And like, how is that different? Is that like more of a taco or is it more of a quesadilla? Because the way you describe the beef... But it's the way you describe, right? What's the difference yeah. if you're frying a taco and there's cheese in it versus a, a fried quesadilla? taco is like a thing. Like it's yes. a it's a fried, and also I didn't put there wasn't like there was some cheese in the potato, but there wasn't cheese. Tacos are typically not fried. Yes. If they are, you would call them a fried taco, which I don't think is like. A th- it's like a thing that has been made up. Do you okay. know what I mean? I pre- That makes me feel better, actually. A flauta would be rolled up and fried. And a quesadilla also is about like the cheese. You're frying two things yes. or griddling. And it's about the cheese in the middle. And then if you add stuff to the cheese, yeah, it's totally not a taco. Okay, good. I feel very well, strongly, <laughs> obviously. No, but like when you were talking about it, I was like, wait, that sounds so similar to what I did. But you're right about the cheese being a big difference here. Anyways, this recipe also has a really delicious like avocado sour cream that goes with it. And I also did that with just like roasted sweet potato cut into wedges. But like I wouldn't call them sweet potato fries because my kids get upset if I try to call a sweet potato fry in any capacity. (laughs) (laughs) And this was a win for three of the four of us. 
my 12 year old Ella is like a little weird about beef these days. And so she like basically just had plain quesadillas and had her beef on the side and then didn't eat any of it. Even though she loves burgers? <laughs> Even though she loves burgers. It's like only a burger. These kids, It does man. not make any sense to me. There are so many things like that. Like she does not want to eat frozen nuggets in any capacity anymore. But like a drive through nugget? Yes. I'm like, so what is the diff? Like it seems the same to me. But okay. Moving on. Lastly, I made this honey garlic chicken from Spoon Fork Bacon. Mm-hmm. It is very much like teriyaki vibes in a very, how do I want to describe it? Like a very easy way. Because I think of teriyaki having like a little bit more depth of flavor, but also sort of similar. It was a great weeknight. I use chicken thighs. You just like make this, the, you cook the chicken thighs and then you make this pan sauce and the pan sauce goes in and then we served it over rice. And I also cooked like blistered snap peas as a side. Why do I feel like that's a recipe that I, I was inspired by Make It Easy? I don't know. Is there I a don't snap have pea a recipe? Snap pea. There isn't. Okay. Then I made that up. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Anyways. We like when you make things up. <laughs> let's pretend I was. I just will always want to be inspired by you and always want to give you I credit. Love it. So let's I'll just pretend. Again, three of the four of us were very into that meal. Ella has a against rice i don't we won't even dive into that okay but she, she did she has for a little while because we've talked about this because isaac also says he does not appreciate steamed rice but i love it and emmett oh, loves no, it of, of course <laughs> like and everybody loves steamed rice the, except ella and isaac <laughs> yes and then the other thing is like i will make a pot of rice on like tuesday as tuesday's dinner and then that way i can have rice leftovers to pack Emmett loves rice with like the Trader Joe's smoked salmon on top of it as like yep. one of his lunch options. So I make rice on Tuesday, then I have lunches for like Wednesday through Friday for Do him. You serve that with seaweed and like a little that would be so good. Yes, that's exactly what we do. He goes with a little package of seaweed. Yeah. If I don't have the Trader Joe's smoked salmon, which is packed in oil, if I can just get like the water packed at the grocery store, then I will dress it with a little bit of QP mayo. He likes it that way also. Oh, it's chunked smoked yeah. salmon. I was thinking lox. No, style. it's like a like almost like a can of tuna. Yeah, yeah. And so you just serve that on top, and then he loves that for lunch. So I am pro rice. And when like when I have the bandwidth, sometimes I'll be like Ella, do you want a package of ramen as your like starchy carb with whatever the protein and veg is? And sometimes she'll say yes. And then other nights, I just let her fill up on the chicken and veg and let her skip the rice if she's not into it. It's not yeah. like it's not a big point of contention. She'll sometimes roll her eyes and be like, oh, mom, I told you I don't like rice. And I'm like, ate it for you, girl. <laughs> I mean, rice is one of those things that like, who cares? I don't know. Like, yeah, if you don't like it, who cares? Like if you're eating protein and veg, I don't like. Exactly. Fine. Yes. Like, I'm sad for you. <laughs> That's what I say. (laughs) Hate it for you. I know. So a very nice week of dinners over here in the Spawn household. Not as many winning ones as you. But hey. I think you did have winning ones. And I'm really excited. I think this week six is one that someone could just literally crib like for a week. These are all like 
nice, quick, easy. Oh, I want to say one thing that I forgot to say before. Okay. If you make the crispy potato tacos, whether you add the chorizo or not, if you cook the potato ahead of time, I have one hot tip learned the hard way. Okay. If your potatoes are refrigerated because you made them ahead, please take them out a little bit early, like the minute you get into the kitchen and you're prepping the rest of the stuff, because trying to smash cold mashed potatoes into a tortilla so that you can fry it is hard. That's all. (laughs) And on that note. And on that note. Okay, so you were saying people could crib this week's What We're Cooking and Eating Now and have a whole week of meals planned for them. I would highly recommend doing that. And then join us for meal planning for everyone. It is our brand new awesome Like, it is so good. We're so proud of it. Audio course. It will help you create a meal planning system custom for you and your household instead of like a one-size-fits-all approach that you're just smushed into. Learn more by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash meal planning for everyone. And don't forget that you can access the recipes from this episode in our free community. Once you are logged in, they are pinned to the top of the board. Follow us on Instagram or where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. 